Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And obviously, there's a lot of ground to cover in our uh, fastest 60 minutes of radio today. Uh, but here is our goal. Our, our goal today is to divide the rage from the reason. Uh, because I, what we have going on right now is just a lot of uh, anger, angst, fear, and frustration spewing out into the media space as it relates to the impeachment proceedings, uh, what was announced this morning by Speaker Pelosi, what was responded to uh, by the Republicans and the president. Uh, and we're going to just uh, back that up a little bit uh, because, again, our, our goal is to divide the rage from the reason because we have to be able to get to reason. Uh, If we don't do that, it may have been the most important statement made in the hearing yesterday uh, was Jonathan Turley saying, if we if we are no good, if we are incapable of dividing rage from reason, then then we've entered a whole new space. Uh, And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It doesn't matter whether you think the president should be impeached uh, or whether you think the president uh, should be reelected. It doesn't matter. Uh, What matters is getting to the truth. What matters is dividing the rage from the reason. And we have to remember in this country that this country is great because of what binds us together and allowing the political antics of both sides of the aisle uh, to distract us as the American people from getting to the truth uh, is the most dangerous thing of all. If we abdicate our responsibility as citizens, if we buy into demonizing Uh, and attacking and having contempt towards those that we disagree with, that's when the nation is lost. The nation is not going to be lost uh, during this presidency or the next, or the next. Uh, We get lost only when we give up on our pursuit of the truth uh, and our willingness to do things at home and in our neighborhoods and in our communities and in our states. Uh, That's the great strength of the nation. We need to remember that, especially on a day like today, where there is a lot of rage, there's a lot of anger, fear, and frustration. And so we're going to cover all of that today. Uh, I want to know what's on your mind as you've listened to things this morning, as you watched proceedings yesterday. Uh, what's in your mind? Uh, how do you think this is all going? Where do you think it should go? Uh, give us a text on our Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line, only when it's safe. Safety first is the rule. Uh, but would love to hear what's on your mind today. What are you thinking? Give me some perspective uh, from where you sit, because that's what this is part of the challenge of all of this is we are losing our ability to listen from a different perspective. And if we if we can't do that, uh, then we've really lost it. Uh, and we'll come back to that topic as we move along today. We'll do a little uh, tip of the hat. Uh, we've got uh, Pearl Harbor Day coming up uh, over the weekend, uh, a day uh, clearly uh, that marked an important moment in our history. 
We'll talk about that. Uh, Herb Scribner will join us uh, from the Star Wars ride. Uh, he gets to be one of the first. So we'll get a, a little light news uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then we're going to wrap up by pulling all of this together, getting some perspective uh, from Watergate, from the Clinton trial in the late 90s, and what this all means moving forward. I'm actually going to tap into uh, an event that we held almost a year ago uh, in uh, Washington, D.C., where we had uh, Bob Woodward of Watergate fame. Uh, we also had D. Todd Christofferson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who was a young law clerk to Judge Sirica in that case. And uh, we had a just a wonderful conversation about truth, trust, and integrity. And I'm uh, going to share a few clips of that. So you want to make sure you uh, stick around throughout the hour here today. Again, uh, during that 11.50 slot, we'll really break it down in terms of how do we divide the rage from reason. And uh, so stay tuned with us there. And again, uh, love to hear your comments and your thoughts as we go through the day. Uh, so let's let's tee this up just a little bit. Uh, if you're just joining us, if you haven't had your ear to the news today, uh, this morning, Nancy Pelosi uh, gave the command to the Judiciary Committee Chairman, Nadler, uh, to begin drafting articles of impeachment. And while that is no surprise to anyone, and everyone knew this was coming, but the, the thing that is interesting to me is that she gave that instruction to the chairman of the, of the Judiciary Committee before, before they have actually received the evidence uh, from the Intelligence Committee. So what that's telling me is that the articles of impeachment were already drafted. <laughs> Those are already ready. If she's giving that command before they even receive all of the evidence— from the prior committee, from the Intelligence Committee, uh, this thing is is baked and done. And so the other interesting thing I think we need to, to look at, uh, I think Nancy Pelosi had done a really good job trying to corral and uh, coerce her colleagues in the Democratic caucus uh, to just be patient on all of this. And, to you know, she was not in favor of impeachment. And so she's been she's been the break master for the Democrats and saying, yeah, let's let's not push it. Let's not push it. Uh, she even did some trial balloons about 10 days ago where she said maybe we should consider just, uh, you know, censuring the president rather than uh, articles of impeachment. Uh, and that got a little traction, not a lot. And, and now here we are today. And so what this tells me is that the new members of the Democratic caucus, that group that actually gave them the majority in the House, is demanding action. And Nancy Pelosi is finally uh, relinquishing and saying, "Okay, if that's what you really want, we're kind of going down a box canyon here on impeachment. We know it's not going anywhere in the Senate, but if that's what you really want, then onward we go. And and she gave that command. Uh, And so it's a really challenging thing to look at there. I want to play an interesting clip because you always learn the lessons of history and how political these things have become uh, by going back. And we've done this to uh, Republican members in the Senate and the House, uh, as well as the Democrats, to go back to statements they made when the proverbial shoe was on the other foot. And so if you go back to the late 90s, uh, in the midst of the Clinton crisis and impeachment proceedings, uh, Representative Nadler uh, was the bulldog for President Clinton. And he said something that goes a little counter to uh, what he is doing in his committee today. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of our major political parties and largely opposed by the other. Such an impeachment would lack legitimacy, 
would produce divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come and will call into question the very legitimacy of our political institutions. All right, so again, that's Chairman Nadler circa late 1990, I think it was 1998 was when he made that statement. Uh, and he said, you can't do it. You can't impeach if it's just on partisan lines. You can't do it uh, without support from both sides. There has to be overwhelming evidence and overwhelming support in the House and the Senate uh, to really go down that path. Uh, he's pursuing a very different path today. So I, I find that a bit problematic. Uh, we, we called out uh, Lindsey Graham on this the other day uh, as he was on board with the president on something he had been completely opposite on uh, not too many years ago. Uh, and so that flipping of the, the shoe uh, is politics at its worst because then we're looking at situational leadership, situational ethics. Uh, and it it really isn't uh, getting us where we need to go. I also thought it was very fascinating at the end of uh, Nancy Pelosi's press conference, not her speech. She gave a formal speech from the balcony of the speaker's office, which I thought was incredibly odd uh, and very flat. Uh, she's not very good off the teleprompter uh, as a rule, but she really didn't seem to have her heart in it uh, as she was reading that statement. She was much more animated in the uh, question and answer session later, uh, but she was asked if if uh, Democrats are doing this just because they hate the president. And she really took umbrage with that and actually went back to the podium and, and took on the the reporter uh, as saying, hey, wait a minute, don't don't tell me I'm hating somebody. This is this is not about hate. Uh, and so that's going to be the, the test moving forward is there's going to be a lot more rhetoric. Let me just give you a quick timeline. Then we're going to step away for a break. Uh, the, the timeline will be this on Monday. The Senate Judiciary Committee will actually receive the evidence. Uh, And then my guess is they'll take most of next week. There may be a few little hearings or uh, people testifying here and there, nothing major. They'll get everything polished on the uh, draft of the articles of impeachment. And then just as we predicted two months ago, two months ago, we said that it's going to happen the week of December 20th. When we get to the 20th of December, two things are going to collide. There will be a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives to impeach the president, articles of impeachment, and... They will also have to fund the government or there will be a government shutdown. Uh, We predicted it two months ago. It's playing out exactly as described. Uh, And sadly, it's getting really predictable on both sides of the aisle. Uh, And that's the problem. So we're going to continue today. We are going to break down the rage from the from and the rhetoric from reason. We have to get to the reason. We have to get to the truth on all of these things. Okay, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do a quick look back in what I think is one of the best political speeches in history. My guess is you haven't heard it, and it was given by a woman on one of the most important days in our nation's history. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do 
in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. Hope you're having a fantastic day out there in the smog, in the muck, in the fog. Uh, sounds a little bit like what's going on in Washington at the moment. A lot of fog, uh, but a lot, a lot of angry rhetoric, a lot of rage, not a lot of reason, and uh, not a lot of uh, real pursuit of the truth, uh, which is the thing we've got to get back to uh, in terms of our, our country. We'll continue that conversation as we roll through the hour today. Uh, taking you all the way up till 12 o'clock uh, when Maria Chaleos will pop in and uh, start giving you all the news you need uh, to be up to the minute uh, throughout your day today. And uh, I wanted to shift gears a little bit here uh, because we can exhale on this program. We don't have to just chase uh, every little bit of uh, news at the moment. We can think through some of the things that matter and give us perspective to better deal with the issues of the day. And I, of course, love to look back at history for some of the great lessons that we need to move the country forward. Sometimes that look back is every bit as important as squinting to see what's coming next. And the the place I want to go back to Sunday, obviously, is December 7th, a day we, we mark uh, a day that, as the president said, will live forever in infamy. Uh, that's That's the famous line from the day. And really was a rallying call to the American people. But what very few Americans realize is that uh, President Roosevelt was not the first person to address the entire nation on that day. He was not the first one to calm the nation. He was not the first one to challenge the nation, to rally the nation. The first person to do that was Eleanor Roosevelt. And I think that's significant. I think it's significant that Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, who had her own radio program, it was a weekly radio program, Over Our Coffee Cups was the the name of the program, and she did that every week. And she talked to the people of the nation. She was often referred to as the first lady of radio because that's, that's what she did. And she used her voice and her influence in a unique way. Uh, and at one of the most critical moments in our nation's history, uh, she delivered a speech that I think is far superior <laughs> to what her husband delivered before Congress the following day. And so I want to play part of that. Uh, we we kind of joked in the in the newsroom uh, as we were preparing the show today that we should actually just list Eleanor Roosevelt as a guest of the show today. Uh, so we we welcome Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> into the inside sources. She's the ultimate inside source today. Uh, but I want to share a, a clip. Her her address to the nation was 451 words, so not long, but very powerful. And so here's the first portion of Eleanor Roosevelt. This is December 7th, an important day in our nation's history. Listen what she had to say to the nation. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I'm speaking to you tonight at a very serious moment in our history. The cabinet is convening and the leaders in Congress are meeting with the president. The State Department and Army and Navy officials have been with the president all afternoon. In fact, the Japanese ambassador was talking to the president at the very time that Japan's airships were bombing our citizens in Hawaii and the Philippines 
and sinking one of our transports loaded with lumber on its way to Hawaii. By tomorrow morning, the members of Congress will have a full report and be ready for action. In the meantime, we, the people, are already prepared for action. For months now, the knowledge that something of this kind might happen has been hanging over our heads, and yet it seemed impossible to believe, impossible to drop the everyday things of life and feel that there was only one thing which was important, preparation to meet an enemy no matter where he struck. That is all over now, and there is no more uncertainty. We know what we have to face, and we know that we are ready to face it. Okay, so that's the first part of Eleanor Roosevelt's speech. So she she really calmed the nation, said, look, we get it, we got it, something horrible has happened. The leaders in Washington are meeting right now, developing a plan and a strategy, and they're going to be ready to act and roll things out tomorrow. We've removed all uncertainty about whether or not we'll be dragged into this war. Uh, we're in, and we have to be prepared to do what we thought we might have to do. And so that was very important uh, for Eleanor Roosevelt to really lay that out to the nation. But then listen to this next segment. I think this is some of the greatest leadership ever exhibited by a president, a first lady, a leader, man or woman, any place, any time. Again, given the dynamics of December 7th, uh, listen to what she challenged and called every segment of our United States of America population to do. I should like to say just a word to the women in the country tonight. I have a boy at sea on a destroyer. For all I know, he may be on his way to the Pacific. Two of my children are in coast cities on the Pacific. Many of you all over this country have boys in the services who will now be called upon to go into action. You have friends and families in what has suddenly become a danger zone. You cannot escape anxiety. You cannot escape a clutch of fear at your heart. And yet I hope that the certainty of what we have to meet will make you rise above these fears. We must go about our daily business more determined than ever to do the ordinary things as well as we can. And when we find a way to do anything more in our communities to help others, to build morale, to give a feeling of security, we must do it. Whatever is asked of us, I am sure we can accomplish it. We are the free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. To the young people of the nation, I must speak a word tonight. You are going to have a great opportunity. There will be high moments in which your strength and your ability will be tested. I have faith in you. I feel as though I was standing upon a rock. That rock is my faith in my fellow citizens. Now we will go back to the program, which we had arranged for tonight. All right, that's uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, And as I said, I think that is one of the most important, most dynamic, most galvanizing galvanizing speeches uh, in the history of this country. Think of what she did. First, she acknowledged that there was a big tragedy and a big trial ahead of us. She she was authentic. She acknowledged her own worry that she had a, a, a boy at sea and she had other children living on the West Coast. So she was real. She was honest. She says, I'm worried tonight. 
I'm stressed out for my children. And then she said, and then she went through and she said, I'm going to talk to the women of this country and this is what you need to do. And then I'm going to talk to all of our citizens that we need to do the ordinary things to help and to build and to lift others up. We need to, to move forward like we always do. And then she talked to the youth of the nation and said, yeah, this is a trying time, but this is going to be your finest hour because you're going to step up in the midst of this challenge and prove your character and your commitment to freedom and to this country. And that she finished with that great line of, we are the unconquerable citizens of the United States of America. Powerful speech. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt was an extraordinary woman, uh, but on that day, I think she gave the speech of the century uh, that made all the difference for the people of the country. Stay with us. When we come back, uh, we'll pick up with on the little bit of the lighter side uh, right here on KSL News Radio. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today on KSL. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. We are cruising towards the top of the hour here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. And we're going to take a little pause now. We're going to exhale from uh, some of the political and some of the more challenging uh, components that we're dealing with today. Uh, to look a little bit at the culture side of things and uh, the lighter side of things. And whenever we need to do such a thing, uh, we call on the expert on such matters, Herb Scribner. Herb, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd, for having me. I uh, Sorry I can't be there in studio for you, but it's uh, it's great to be here. Now, I, I realize you've, uh, you're have you taking one for the team today. You, you're, you're on assignment today. Uh, uh, in the midst of all of the impeachment uh, hoopla going on, there's also a lot of Star Wars uh, anticipation going on. And you took one for the team and uh, have traveled down to Florida. And uh, so give us a little insight on what's happening in the uh, Star Wars world today. I will say that it's uh, the sun is shining, so that's that's the first thing. Um, but uh, yeah, they're opening. So the Star Wars Galaxy Edge uh, land at Star Wars at Disney World is opening a new ride called Rise of the Resistance. It's an immersive experience where you kind of ride through and you battle, or you kind of you're in the middle of this battle and you're getting chased by the First Order, um, and it's it's pretty tied to like the new movie series, so. Um, they've been, they, today was the launch day of that. And so there's been a lot of people, um, kind of experiencing it, waiting in lines and then that kind of thing. All right. So a lot of folks waiting in line that, that part sounds normal. Uh, the new ride sounds fascinating. So did you actually get to go on the ride? Did you get the full experience? Yeah. So I got to ride it. I think I rode it three times in total. Um, and there's actually a, a video of uh, I actually did it once where they had a camera on me, so that's that's going to be on Deseret News, um, so Deseret.com, uh, in the, in a couple of hours. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, I got to ride it a couple times. It's really fun, really immersive. Um, you feel like you're in a Star Wars movie, which is really cool. Um, there were a few hiccups yesterday, obviously with ride times and um, just kind of some delays, but. Overall, people are really excited about it. There was one girl who left, and she was, like, in tears out of happiness for what she was experiencing. <laughs> uh, see, all of this just sounds like Washington to me. You're, you're, you're chasing the First Order, and you got the resistance, and everybody's kind of battling each other in all of these places. Uh, but I'm glad you're in Florida. It's a little warmer there than it is in, uh, in D.C. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. 
Uh, so, so real quickly, but before we let, we cut you loose and let you go back for uh, another round, uh, there are a lot of very interesting lessons, I think, in in terms of Star Wars and uh, some interesting analogies to be uh, uh, to be had for sure. Uh, but I want to hit a couple other cultural things that are, are going on. Now, we're getting to the end of the year, and, uh, of course, a lot of the big technology companies are looking at ways they can pull people in just a little bit more. Uh, tell us about some of the trends you're seeing out there. Yeah, so, like, right now, Spotify today, they released their new uh, 2019 rap um, playlist uh, generator, which is basically showing uh, Spotify users the songs they listen to most throughout the year. Um, it's getting shared a lot on social media by people to show you, hey, this is what I've been listening to. Um, these are the songs that really hit home with me. So it's pretty cool to see that. I think you get a, get a good insight into like people and what they're um, what they're listening to, and and kind of you get a sense of what the culture's listening to because it also shows you the top songs for the whole year and. And uh, it's a pretty cool experience, and I recommend anyone who's on Spotify to check it out. Yeah, I think that, I think that is fascinating that even with all the divisiveness that we, we talk about and the challenges going on in the country, people still want to connect, and they still want to share things that matter to them, even if it's their playlist. You know, these are, these are the most played songs on, on my playlist this year. Uh, and as you said, Herb, it, it does give us some indication in terms of where the culture is. Uh, any, any of the songs on the Spotify list itself uh, that stood out for you or were surprising? You know, one thing that I saw that's interesting, and this is more maybe a, a cultural shift for music, but you know, I think a couple of years ago you'd have, you know, your typical like pop, country, rock, and stuff like that. Now what I'm seeing is a lot of like the one of the big categories this year was called pop rap, and which I never knew there was a thing. And I think it's just going to show you where like music is becoming more, you know, bouncy, more, you know. Um, more rap-like or hip-hop-y, and I think it's it's interesting um, from the perspective of, oh, like, this is just, it's a shifting music culture. So even, like, as people say, like, you know, there's no original music, there's no original this, like, it shows you that there's a an, an a, uh, evolving genre and that things that keep changing, and um, that's, that's pretty interesting to me, um, just to show that, yeah, times are changing and things are always changing and there's new stuff always coming, so, you know, it's good to keep up on trends and good to keep up on what's coming, so that way you can see those uh things come up all right well very good well herb we appreciate you stepping out of the star wars ride there in uh, florida to give us a little update and inside scoop in terms of what's happening uh, all things disney all things star wars and i'm sure that will continue to heat up but travel back safe uh take a star cruiser uh or one of those important ships i hope you get back fast so thanks herb yeah thank you i appreciate it all right that's herb scribner from the deseret news always helping us on all things culture trends uh things that we ought to be watching out for always appreciate his uh, perspective and what a tough assignment to have to go to disney world poor guy all right uh, a couple things as we uh, get ready to take a, a little break here before we come back for our final segment in which uh, i'm going to share with you uh, a portion of an event we did in washington dc in january of this year uh featuring bob woodward uh and we're going to get some of his perspective on the nixon impeachment and how that might apply to today so make sure you stay with us and if you missed any of the segments today uh you can always uh get the podcast uh that we will get up robin is crackerjack getting those up very rapidly so if you missed anything today if you missed eleanor roosevelt's speech uh in the 1120 segment uh, that one alone is worth going back and listening to uh, great, great insight, great perspective there. And, of course, you can always do that on the KSL News.
News Radio app, sponsored by Any Hour Service. A great way to uh, stay in touch and on top of everything that's going on. And so let's go ahead and step aside, uh, take our final break. As I said, when we come back, important message to wrap up our day today to make sure that you can separate the rage from reason. Stay with us. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We're right here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of the show today, fastest 60 minutes in radio. I uh, hope you're having a good one out there, uh, out in the muck and the fog. Uh, so we've, we've actually made two comparisons to Washington today. The, the muck and the fog and the gunk uh, that's out there uh, is clearly where we are in uh, relation to the impeachment proceedings. Uh, we also had a little Star Wars reference there with Herb Scribner down in Florida riding the new ride. Uh, and uh, the total immersion experience of Star Wars. And again, it's you, you listen to the rhetoric, you could actually insert a lot of Star Wars pieces in there. Uh, you've got the Resistance, and you've got the, the First Order, and you have all of the conspiracy theories, and uh, none of those things actually get us to anywhere where there's balance in the Force. And that's what we're here to do every day from 11 to noon, uh, is to get to the, the reason of it all. And yeah, we can focus on the rage, and we can have people rant and yell and scream and be angry and frustrated. Uh, or we can step back and we can assess where we really are. And then the most important thing uh, is for each of us, what do we do as individual citizens of this country? And so I want to go back. I want to go back in history. A lot of people have been drawing parallels to uh, the Nixon impeachment proceedings and the Bill Clinton uh, impeachment pr- proceedings, and what are the lessons to be drawn? What's the same? What's different? Uh, we had the unique opportunity as the Deseret News. Uh, we hosted an event in Washington, D.C. in January of this year that uh, we actually did it at the museum of all places, and it was uh, all about trust and integrity today. Uh, what's the place for it? Uh, is there any left, and how do we actually apply it? Uh, our our guests for the panel discussion that night were Mike Dimmick, uh, who is the head of Pew Research Center. Uh, we had Bob Woodward, legendary reporter and uh, one of those who broke the Watergate case. And then we had Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who amazingly was a young law clerk to Judge Sirica, who was the judge who oversaw the Watergate case. And he was one of the first to hear the Watergate tapes. And so it was fascinating to me to listen to their analysis of what happened and what went wrong and why it mattered and what we should learn for today. And so I want to play just a a couple of clips for you from uh, Bob Woodward's take as he looked at why Watergate happened and what does it mean to us today. Here's what he had to say. Senator Irvin also asked the question, which was a, a potent one, I believe, and that is why did we have Watergate? What occurred? What was driving Nixon, who was at the center of this? And Senator Irvin's answer is that it was a lust for political power, that there was a sense of entitlement Nixon had, that it was central to not just him, but to the country that he stay in office. So he adopted all of the illegal means uh, that have come to be known uh, for Watergate. Okay, so that was, again, uh, legendary reporter Bob Woodward in uh, our panel discussion back in Washington, D.C. earlier this year. And again, that lust for power. Uh, And you've heard both sides, you've heard both sides of the aisle uh, talk about this as an issue, that it's the lust for power 
from President Trump and the Republicans to hold on to it. Uh, the Republicans have lobbied the self-same example and charge back at the Democrats that it is their lust for power that has caused them to preordain all of these things that are happening in terms of hearings and articles of impeachment and when votes will be taken. Uh, and so the accusations go back and forth in terms of this lust for power and control uh, being at the heart of what happened with President Nixon. And I would say that also happened with President Clinton uh, and that we're seeing play out in front of us again today. Now, I, I want to get to one of the interesting lessons uh, and this was something that Bob Woodward shared uh, about Nixon's last day in office, his last address to his staff and this moment of awareness that I think is important for all of us as we try to cut through the rage and get to reason. The day Nixon resigned, which was August 9th, 1974, he had a fair, we gave a farewell address in the East wing of the White House, and uh, he had his wife, two daughters, two son-in-laws there, and uh, all of his friends and the cabinet were in the audience, and it was Nixon unscripted. Nothing, it was ju- he was just talking uh, off the top of his head. He was sweating. He was very emotional, and uh, he, uh, at one point in this speech, He just spontaneously kind of went like this, like, this is why I called you all together. And then he said, quote, always remember, others may hate you, but those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. And then you destroy yourself. Think of the wisdom at that moment that Nixon had. He realized that the hating, which was in many ways the piston of his administration, the hating destroyed him, not his opponents. And that in that moment, you you see a kind of self-understanding that we don't necessarily associate with Nixon, but also we see not just a political lesson, but a wonderful lesson for all of us, everyone. Uh, Hating, in the end, doesn't destroy your enemies. It is the hating that destroys you. All right, again, that's legendary reporter Bob Woodward in uh, the event, uh, was able to be the moderator for that uh, in January of this year. It was, a, it was a fantastic event. But those lessons in those final moments that Nixon had in the White House for, for him to say that there are always going to be people that hate you and they don't win unless you hate them. And that's when you actually lose And I think that's an important message for our time. I think that's the reasonable space that we've got to get to, that we can disagree with people. We can be upset with people. We can be frustrated with people. We can think people are unfit for office. We can believe that people have done high crimes and misdemeanors and a host of other things. And it's not limited to the political space, by the way. Uh, It may be a colleague at work. It may be uh, a neighbor. It may be a competitor in whatever business you're in. But when we start to fill ourselves with contempt and hate, 
everything changes. And that's when, as Bob Woodward rightly said, when you hate them, you lose and you destroy yourself. And so as you you listen to the the rage rage on today and in the coming weeks as the House continues to march forward towards uh, a vote on articles of impeachment, uh, that there is going to be a lot of anger and angst and frustration. But what we choose to do with that as citizens of this country matters. It matters because it is that ability to disagree, uh, but to not hold people in contempt, to... You can have an argument against for sure, but don't make it an argument about. Uh, You can talk about principles and policies and disagreements and style and all of those things. Uh, But no one, no one deserves to be demonized. Nobody deserves to be marginalized. Everybody deserves respect. Everybody reserves equal treatment and a voice. And if we can't get to that space as a country. Uh, There aren't a lot of great spaces ahead of us. Uh, But I'm one of those who believes that our our best days are ahead of us, and it's because we, the people, usually get it right. Sometimes it takes us a while. Sometimes we are just like uh, uh, we've been claimed to be, that the American people will always do the right thing after we've exhausted every other possible way to do it. Uh, But we can get it right, and we have to get it right. Because in the end... No gain, no opponent, nobody you want to take out, no victory in any area, any endeavor in life is worth laying down the laws of the nation and the principles of the Constitution. And so the the days ahead are going to be filled with uh, more divisive rhetoric, to be sure. But it's up to we the people to ensure that what we speak, what we say, what we stand for, that we do it in a way that we can be the ones dividing rage from reason. We have to do that, and we can do that. Uh, You can read my full article on DeseretNews.com talking about rage and reason. So important. Great to be with you here on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources, as always, 11 to noon. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as you go out into the world today, as always, remember, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.